0: Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. So he's talking about prayer. question is why is it Christians don't pray we have been commanded by God to pray and what is the whole issue when it comes to prayer when church has a prayer time prayer meeting schedule folks don't show up but if the church have a cookout Everybody and their brothers there. Even folks we haven't even seen before will be there. So what is it about prayer? What is it about prayer that Christians are discouraged to do? They are so discouraged when it comes to praying. They don't like praying. They don't see any value in it. Does prayer really work? Does God really hear me when I pray? Or is this a waste of time? Why does it seem as if my prayers just hit the ceiling and bounce back at me? My prayers don't go anywhere. These are questions. Is God mad at me? Is God upset with me? God doesn't like me? God doesn't care about me? When I pray, it seems like nothing never happens. Is that why he doesn't answer me? Because of all those reasons? He don't like me? He don't have nothing to do with me? In this society... I am projected as the scum of the earth, that everybody just abused me because my skin color? Is that why God don't answer me when I pray? That I'm at the bottom of the totem pole? Is God mad at me? Is God ticked off at me? What did I do to him? And why he, when I pray, it seems fruitless. Is that why he doesn't answer me? Why is prayer so boring and fruitless for me? Why is it when pastors say we're having a prayer meeting, it's so boring when I come there, and it seems so fruitless? It's like we can have something else besides prayer. That's a waste of time. I got time for it. I got other things to do. Shouldn't I expect my prayers to be answered? These are questions that Christians have. Is the reason why they don't pray. Does prayer really work? Unanswered prayer is a major obstacle that stands in the way of a life of a true believer. Unanswered prayer is a major obstacle that stands in the way of a life of a true believer or true faith. The spiritual and emotional pains of unanswered prayer. When there is is unanswered prayer, there is spiritual and emotional pain that comes with that when your prayers are unanswered. um, Spiritual, emotional pain, or unanswered prayer can be deep and devastating. Christians have prayed and they have experienced an unanswered prayer. It was deep and devastating to them spiritually and emotionally. That's why they don't want nothing to do with it. They don't see any purpose of it. They don't see any desire for it. It can lead to sorrow, despair, bitterness, and rebellion. When a Christian experiences an unanswered prayer. It can lead to sorrow, despair, bitterness, and rebellion. It can undermine the foundation of our faith and lead to these results. And I'm going to go over the different results. It can undermine the foundation of our faith and it can lead to these results. Number one, the first result. We feel abandoned and isolated from God, imagining that he doesn't care about our problems. A Christian feel abandoned. Isolated from God. Imagine that he doesn't care. God don't care about my problems. God don't care about me. Because if he did. When I pray. And I got an unanswered prayer. Nothing happened. So God wasn't. He wasn't thinking about me. You know, the founder of uh, CNN, the network, Ted Turner, he was uh, in seminary school with Pat Robertson. How many of y'all have heard of Pat Robertson? Mm-hmm. The 700 Club? All right. And they was in seminary school together. And Ted Turner's sister had cancer. And so Ted Turner prayed to God to heal his sister. Well, his sister died. And when his sister died, Ted Turner knew right then and there that there was no God. And he was determined in his heart to prove to the world that there was no God. And that's when he started CNN Network. And CNN is very anti-God. Because of his unanswered prayer, it caused him to drop out of the seminary and rebel against God because God didn't answer his prayer. There's a whole lot of Christians that like that. Because they got an unanswered prayer from God and so now their hearts are hardened, they are bitter, and they feel abandoned and isolated from God, a man that he doesn't care about our problem. The second result is we, we question God's character and integrity. Pre-Christians start to question God's character and his integrity. The third thing is (coughs) we feel as if our lives are very unsettled and unstable as a result of an unanswered prayer. We feel our lives are are very unsettled and unstable. Number four, we come to premature conclusion about ourselves and our prayers. Premature conclusion, we come to this conclusion that I must not be worth anything because God didn't answer my prayer. And and my prayers are not worth anything because God didn't answer my prayers. (coughs) So we come to the premature conclusion. What's the point of praying? It's a waste of time. God's intercessors. We doubt, we don't believe that we are intercessors between man and God. Because I prayed and I experienced an unanswered prayer. So now that has devastated me spiritually and emotionally. So I don't see any point that really God didn't call me to become an intercessor. Or prayer. So, what is behind all this? What is behind that we as Christians, black Christians in particular in this country, is that we don't have a a a camaraderie together when it comes to prayer because of all the oppression and things that we experience that we have stopped praying to God we see no purpose in it and we don't see no because we have prayed and we have experienced an unanswered prayer what is the main problem when it comes to prayer Why we are experiencing unanswered prayer, because according to the word of God, that when we pray to God, according to his will, his purpose and plan, he will hear us and he will answer us. Jesus has given us that illustration in John chapter 17. He said that when I pray, my father hears me. And he will answer me. And Jesus is our example as Christians and believers. So why is it that Father God can hear Jesus and answer his prayer, and we are born again in the image of Jesus, and why is it when we pray, we don't believe he hears or he answered our prayer? There is an underlining problem here. <clears throat> that needs to be dealt with when it comes to having answered prayer. And we're going to look at that tonight from the Word of God. Go to the book of Exodus, chapter 1. We're going to look at a parallel. Anyone know what a parallel is? Something that goes alongside each other. Okay? We're going to look at a parallel and to find out what is the thing that causes call, us to have unanswered prayers because Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 6 his disciples said, came to him and said Lord teach us how to pray because we have watched you we have observed you That when you pray, God hears you and he answers your prayer. So we want to learn. So Jesus taught them. He gave them a outline of how to pray. So prayer is not the problem. There's another problem that's causing us not to pray or not to experience answered prayers From God, so we're going to look at this parallel. Everybody found Exodus. Exodus right after Genesis. Genesis is the beginning, and Exodus is the exit. So the main problem when it comes to a Christian who who is experiencing unanswered prayer. That problem is they need to come out of Egypt. Too many Christians are in Egypt and trying to pray. And that's why they are experiencing financial prayer. Exodus chapter one. Start at verse 6. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. Now, we know the story how Joseph was sold into slavery. Remember, we're looking at a parallel. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a parallel as us, as black people in this country, to the parallel to the Israelites or the Hebrews. So remember, Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, all right? out of jealousy because Joseph was a dreamer, all right? God gave him a dream, all right? And he shared it with his brothers and his parents, and his brothers were jealous of him, so they sold him into slavery. And we know the story how he parted his house, and then he went to the prison, and then he became second in command of Egypt, all right? And so the blessing and the favor of God was on Joseph, And so Joseph brought his father and his brethren, his kindred, into Egypt because there was a famine in Israel. So he brought them to Egypt to bless them. So that dream that God gave to Joseph, it came to fruition because God raised him up with the favor of God. So it says here now, Egypt and Joseph died and all his brethren and all the generation. Verse 8. Now... There arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. This new pharaoh is now on the throne of Egypt. And Joseph had died. And he doesn't know anything about Joseph. All right. But now look at this. Which knew not Joseph. Verse 9. But he said unto his people. Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Now look at the parallel between the Israelites that are in Egypt. They have a new king, a new pharaoh. Egypt is always symbolic of the world system, the Babylonian system. Pharaoh is representative of Satan. In this country of America, there is America is considered to be the new Egypt. America has the Babylonian system. All right. The God of America is not Jesus. The God of America is Mammon, or wealth. All right. So now we were sold into slavery in this country, by our brothers in Africa. All right, they were sold into slavery. And even though we were into slavery, we started growing as a people, and we grew mighty. Where they looked at us and said, we have to do something about them, because they are growing mightily. So what did they do? They oppressed us. They burned us. They killed us. They lynched us. They. Uh, took babies out of our women's body. They had sex with us. They degraded us. But we kept growing mightily. Okay? Why is that? Because just like the slaves and of here and the slaves of this time, they had a prayer connection with God. They were praying to God. And God, just like the Israelites, heard their cry for 430 years of oppression. God heard our cry, where we eventually uh, got delivered the way the children of Israel. But now look at this. Verse 10, the Pharaoh says, Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. Wisely mean that they persecuted them. They didn't sit down and have negotiations with them. They mistreated them. When uh, there falleth out any war that they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them a lot of land. Therefore they just set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens and they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, pythons, And Ramsey, so all the wealth of Egypt, the slaves built, and all the wealth and the the structures of America, the slaves built. Okay, now look at this parallel. Verse 12, but the more they afflicted them, the more they lynched them, burned them, killed them. Look at this. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. Or to, they inflicted more punishment upon them. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage and mortar and in brick and all manner of service in the field and all their service wherein. They made them serve was with rigor. (coughs) The Egyptians hated the Israelites, the Hebrews, so much because of their, they was multiplying, they was growing, they was doing extraordinary things that even how much affliction that the Egyptians put on them, they were still able to rise above the circumstances. And the main purpose of that, because they prayed. Now, just like the Hebrews of this time, they did not have the written word of God. They just had what they heard of their forefathers, of how God delivered Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just like us slaves, we didn't, they, we couldn't read, but we heard, we was told about this God that they would pray unto this God and. God gave them supernatural divine secrets to help them to overcome their oppressor. It was a connection through prayer. So these these Hebrews and these slaves in America, they were so extraordinary that look at this. Look at verse 15. And the kings of Egypt spake to, to the Hebrew midwives of which the name of the one was and the name of the other, Pirah, And he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, see them upon the stools, and if it be a son, then should you kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. So the Egyptian asked the midwife, if these Hebrew women have any sons, if they had sons, kill them. If they had daughters, let them live. Okay, But well, look at this. <coughs> Verse 17, but the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. They feared God. So when these Hebrew boys were born, they didn't kill them. They protected them so that they would not be harmed. And look at verse 19. And the 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 midwife said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. The Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. The black women are not like the American women. There's a difference. What is that difference? There's a connection to God through prayer that set them apart, that set them to be different. Now look at this. Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered and are the midwives coming unto them. Verse 22, and Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, every son that is born you shall cast into the river. And every daughter you shall save alive. Kill the male seed. Okay? Now look at the progression here. Go to Exodus chapter 2, verse 10. And the children grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she called his name Moses. So now we have Moses is on the scene. Moses, and she said, because I drew him out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brethren, and looked on their burdens, and he spied on, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew one of his brethren. So here Moses, get rid of the Caucasian Ten Commandment movie. All right? Here Moses knew that he was a Hebrew. Even though he was raised in an Egyptian household, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, but he knew that he was a Hebrew. And when he saw this Egyptian kill another Hebrew, what did Moses do? He killed this Egyptian. Now, when we get away from prayer and all the stuff that's going on in our country right now towards us people of color, there are two philosophies that are in the black community mindset two philosophies. Because we have gotten away from prayer because we have, we have looked at prayer, unanswered prayers, what the purpose is of doing it. So we, the black community either adhere to one of these two philosophies. <clears throat> the two philosophies in the black community is Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X. Now, what is the difference between these two philosophies? And sad to say, both both philosophies are not good. Why is that? Because God said that no flesh will glory in my presence. All right? So to get to have, remember, when we talk about prayer, prayer is giving God access to come into the earth realm And to do what he needs to do. So God, he's not going to allow no flesh to glory in his presence. So those two philosophies of Martin Luther King and Malcolm x Martin Luther King's philosophy was peace philosophy. Okay? And as we have seen from decades, that philosophy don't work. It's because we walk in peace. We do, we do what we need to do, but they still kill us. So the peace philosophy don't work. Then Malcolm X, his philosophy is to bear arms and fight against. And right here, we see Moses is using the Malcolm X philosophy. Now, what we what we as believers have not realized that these two philosophies, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, these two philosophies are derived from Egypt, from America. We try to utilize a philosophy that we have learned from Egypt to solve our afflictions our oppressions and our problem instead of using God's methodology which is prayer so here we see Moses stay with me y'all okay here we see Moses verse 11 it came to pass in those days Remember, he, he was raised in Pharaoh's household even though he was a Hebrew, but he had Egyptian philosophy. And the spirit of Egypt was conqueror, was destroyer. Egypt is symbolic of the world. Jesus said in John 10: The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That is the spirit of Egypt. It is to steal, kill, and destroy. So here, Moses. Here in verse 11, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out to his brethren looked into the bur- burden and spied an Egyptian, smiting a Hebrew, one of, one of his brethren. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian. And he's thinking to help his brothers from their affliction. I'm going to use the philosophy of Egypt which is the sword, and to help them to be set free. So he kills an Egyptian. So that's why Malcolm X philosophy is not going to work either. If we raise up arms and fight them, because they outnumber us. (laughs) They will slaughter us. So fighting them won't help. And walking in peace, kumbaya. Ain't going to help. What's going to help is connecting with the living God. And if we don't know how to do it, we have thought that it's worthless, fruitless. That's why. And and the reason why we think it's worthless and fruitless, Christians think it's worthless and fruitless, is because the, the Christian has not come out of Egypt. I'm sure you Verse 12, he saw the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. And when he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrew strode together, and he said to him that did the wrong. Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? thy fellow?" So now he imposes two of his Hebrew brothers come to him, remember this is a parallel of our lives with the Hebrew life. Moses killed the Egyptian for mistreating the Hebrew and the Hebrews come along and they see Moses and they say say to Moses why did you do that I heard uh, one preacher said, the number one reason why we as black people cannot rise to the level we need to, because we always got some coons. You know the coon? A one, a coon is a black person who will sell out to them on what we don't. Look at Nat Turner. Y'all know who Nat Turner was? Back in slavery, he was a preacher, black preacher. They had brought a revolution against the slave masters, and he was conquering them. He was, he was, he was. They was conquering them until one coon came on the scene and told them all in Nat Turner's plan. And this is what happened with Moses. Moses killed the Egyptian to help them out. And they come along and they said, wow, what were you doing, Moses? Look at verse 14. And he said, "And he said, who made they a prince and a judge over us? You ain't my dad.'" Whenever somebody comes on the scene that want to bring revolution in our community, some coon will rise up saying, who do you think you are? You ain't my daddy? You ain't my mama? Who put you in charge? Now look at this. And he said, Who made thee a prince to judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, He sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh, dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. Now look at verse 17. (coughs) And the shepherds came and drove them away. Uh, No, no, let's go back. No, let's go back to 15, uh, 16. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, so now Moses fled Egypt. Moses physically fled Egypt, but Moses did not mentally fled Egypt. Even though he physically fled Egypt, he still had Egypt in his mindset. So he comes down to Midian. He dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by well. Now, the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the trough to the water their father fled. And the shepherd came, some shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and helped them and watered their flock. Moses defended the Midianites or the, the priests of Midian, his and He protected them because these shepherds wanted to bully them. So Moses defended them. Verse 18, And when they came to Ruel, their father, He said, how is it that you are come so soon today? And they said, their father said, why are you back so quickly from watering the well? What what happened? And so his daughters say to their father, look at this, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherd and also drew water enough for us and water the flock. They said this Egyptian, now that's another teaching, but we know the Egyptians, Egypt is on the continent of Africa, and Africa is predominantly what? Black ocean. So they've mistaken Moses to be an Egyptian. Okay, But that's another teaching, we're not, we're not focusing on that right now. But they said this Egyptian came and delivered us. Now let's go to chapter three. Why is it that we have an issue with prayer? Is because we have not come out completely from Egypt. We are trying to use. The tools of Egypt against our oppressor to help us to get delivered, but the tools of Egypt is not going to work. The scripture says, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction comes. So, peace marches that's a tool from Egypt is not going to help us. If we use violence, their violence is much stronger than so, And then we'll have some coon to be raised up that we're telling us. So the violence is not, the tools of Egypt is not going to help us to be delivered. It's going to take the power of a living God to help us. But He said, we wrestle not against flesh, flesh, and blood but principality and powers. So the power that's going to help us to overcome is the power that we stay away from. And that's prayer. Because prayer helps us to connect with God to give him access to come into the earth realm to deliver us, heal us, set us free, but the reason why we are not praying or we not have a prayer life, because we got too much of Egypt mm-hmm. in us. Mm-hmm. We got too much American ways in us mm-hmm. that we try to use our American ways to help us to deliver us. See, God says that if you need increase, mm-hmm. you pray and sow a seed. Mm-hmm. But we don't pray and we don't sow a seed. We use the American insight that I get me not just one job, but I get three jobs. That's Egypt way. That's not God's way. God's way pray, hear God, sow a seed in the anointing, and I'll give you 400-something dollars. And you didn't have to get get an extra job. That's God's way. But if you stay away from prayer, connecting with God, to hear from God, and you still got Egypt in you, yes, I want the Lord to bless me, but I'm going to get that second job, that third job, that fourth job, and I'm working so much, that I don't have no time with my wife, with my children, none of that. So now the devil knows that. So that's why he can slip into your household and work his evilness because the strong man has been bound, Because you got Egypt in you. Yes, I want God to do it, but I'm going... To to use the Egyptian way. This is what was going on with Moses. He wanted to use. He know God wanted to deliver his people. But I'm going to use the Egyptian way. To deliver the people. And it didn't work. Getting three or four jobs ain't going to work. Hey I've been there. One time I had five jobs at one time. And I, I, I told my wife you get out and get a job too. Everybody worked, and we was working, and we were so broke. But once we stopped and wait a minute, let's do it God's way. Let's hook up with God. He tells us how to do it. At one job, she stopped working, and then the increase started going in. Why is that? You got to get Egypt out of it. You got to get the American way out of it. You got to get out of you. And the reason why you don't pray, because you don't see any purpose of praying, but you're thinking about the American way of helping you to get what you need to get delivered instead of coming to God in prayer, giving him access to do what he needs to do in your life. Are y'all seeing this? Yes. So the reason why Christians don't come to prayer and don't pray—they got too much Egypt in. Them. Pastor, I can't, I, I can't make it. I got to work. That's the big thing now: work, 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 work. Really? Work, work so much. <laughs> hey, what's going on? I uh, just, just working, working, and you don't see any. Fruits in their life, don't see any fruits in their family. Kids are being displaced because parents are working all the time, thinking that they're being blessed by God. But they are using the Egyptian methodology and saying that it's God. And that's, that's not God's methodology. God's methodology is prayer. Now look at Exodus 3. Now, keep in mind, Moses, he's already ran out of, he ran out of Egypt. And what what was Moses, what was God's plan for Moses? To go to Egypt and deliver his people. So Moses tried to do it the Egyptian way, and he failed. So now here he was ran out of Egypt. See, when you start seeking, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Egypt's going to run you off. Oh, y'all don't hear me. The world's going to run you off. When you start talking about I'm doing it God's way, Get out of here. We don't hear no God's way. See, if the black Christians in this country would say, Brothers and sisters, let's get together and have an all night prayer service and seek the direction of God for our lives, and then once God gave it to us, don't turn it into no civil rights movement but use it as a direction from God and what we need to do, we won't have to worry about all this cop killing and all this stuff. But what are they trying to do? They're trying to do it Egypt's way, that's right. America's way, and trying to get delivered and in doing that you got other demons jumping aboard yes. or you're trying to do the American way that's causing you to sink even deeper. Because God said, No flesh will gonna glory. <laughs> that's why Martin Luther King didn't last. Because a lot of people didn't know that his, his director of his civil rights movement was a homosexual. Martin Luther King. That's not that's not God's will. And he tried to do it the Egyptian way. And look what the Egyptians did to him. They killed him. Same with Malcolm X. But those who know their God will do great excellence. But those who know the purpose and the plan of prayer, those who really know that when I pray, I'm giving God access to come into this earth realm and to do what he needs to do but I know that I have to pray. Yes. Yeah, right. I'm not doing it the Egyptian way anymore. That's right. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I got to that point in my life. I had five jobs and I was broke. Five jobs at one time. And I told him, I said, I'm tired. I'm going to do it God's way. <laughs> God before God in prayer. He showed me how to do it. And we realize, we said, you know what? Every time you don't have a job, mm-hmm. increase coming. Every time you go out and work, we experience lack. Why? Because we're trying to do the Egyptian work, That's right. the American work, get a job, work, work, get two jobs, get three jobs, get your wife working, get your kids working, get the cats working, the dogs working, get the roaches working. Everybody can be working in the household. And not realizing that all this working everybody doing, the devil is binding the strong man. Mm-hmm. That's why all evilness and witness can come into your household. Mm-hmm. Are y'all still here? Yes. yes. Exodus 3. So now Moses is gone to Egypt. He's in Midian, 40 years, God had him there. Why did God have Moses there for 40 years before he went back to Egypt? Because God had to get Egypt out of Moses. See, once God get Egypt out of us and we depend wholeheartedly on him, only thing we can say, that was God. (laughs) It wasn't me. By your testimony, you knew that was God. Because mm-hmm. you had a connection with God to community. You, you gave him access. And he told you, sow into the anointing. That's giving God access. Mm-hmm. Giving God access is when he tells you to do something and you do it. That's even an accident, giving gave him permission, and once you did it, yes. look what the result was. And Robert didn't have, to, he didn't have to get two or three jobs, four jobs, five jobs. Robert didn't know what was going on. And then the favor of God came because you prayed. That's why in Isaiah they said, "We're looking for someone to stand in the gap." Can I find somebody who's standing in the gap? Can I find somebody who's gonna seek God? If God tells you to pray all night, don't argue, don't fuss with God. Just say, uh-oh, he wants to do something. Mm-hmm. And he may not want to do something on your behalf. He may want to do something on somebody else. Mm-hmm. So when God wakes you up and says, Come over and see so I need to go over to the church and pray. All right, Lord, because he's the way he wants to do something. You need access. We don't realize, we've been dumped down by religion we don't, know, we don't realize For our God to work He needs access He needs someone who has A legal right to be in the earth realm To give him access To do what he needs to do So when God is tugging at our heart I need for you to pray I need you to get up Lord I'm asleep, don't, don't worry about sleeping I need you to get up Because somebody needs my help and I need, I'm looking for somebody who's going to give me access right. to come into the earth realm and to help them. Yes. And only those who understand the purpose and the plan of prayer mm-hmm. who has gotten Egypt mm-hmm. out of them in the spirit of the living God. Yes. Verse 1, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he, me, he led the flock to the backside of the desert. <coughs> excuse me. And came to the mountain of God, Eda And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, Moses, in a flame of fire. Look at that, it's the presence of God. And out of the midst of a bush, he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside, look at this. Moses made a decision to see God, the presence of God. He was seeing the presence of God. He said, let me go and see why this bush, it is on fire, but it's not burning up. Let me go see this. Now, look at this. And and, uh, Moses said, I will now turn aside. Verse three and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see when God sees that you decide to come to him, he can start speaking to you. God ain't going to talk to you. You ain't look at thinking about him. If you all caught up in the things of Egypt, God ain't ain't talking. If you don't think that prayer is so important that I need to pray and get into start praying means you are now turning your aside to God. And once you make the say, Lord, I'm going to pray, then He can start speaking to us. And God called to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses. Moses. And he said, here am I. And he said, draw, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thy standeth is holy ground. He said, you are holy ground. Take your shoes off. That was sim- symbolic of humility. Take your shoes off. We can look at it now. Take your Egyptian clothing off your mind. Your Egyptian mindset, your American mindset. Take it off, and now come before Holy ground. Then he said, He said, Draw not, draw not not hither, put off thy shoes or off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest, Holy ground. Verse 6, go over, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face. For he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrow. God knows our sorrow in this country. Somebody say, well, why don't he do something? He's waiting on somebody who's going to pray. That's what he's waiting on. God will not violate spiritual legal authority, which means God is not just going to come down here and just do stuff when he has no permission. He has given the earth realm authority to man. And we have that authority either to invite the devil, which a lot of us do. We invite the devil to come do his stuff, or we can invite God. And how do we invite God? We invite God through prayer. He said, cry by the reason of the for I know their sorrow. He said, and I am come down to deliver them out of the land of Egypt and to bring them up out of the <coughs> land unto a good land and a large, large unto a land flowing milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanite, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites." Jebusite. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression, wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. He said, come now, therefore. He says, come now, Moses. See, what Moses is experiencing, Moses is experiencing prayer time. Prayer time is communing with God. Prayer time is not a monologue. You just do all the talking, and God just knows. Prayer time is a dialogue. You come into His presence with humility, and understand, and you pray, and you you you, are, you give Him adoration and adoring. And Jesus taught in Matthew chapter six how to pray. The outline, Come to that He's God. He's the Most High God. He's reverence and so and then you then you shut up. And you wait on him because when we are in the presence of God in prayer time, and a lot of the reason why a lot of people don't like prayer time, because in prayer time, God will tell us what to do. And when you got Egypt in you, you don't want nobody to tell you what to do. That's why Christians don't like prayer. Because in prayer time, God's going to give you instructions. God's going to tell you something. He's going to share something with you. He's going to tell you something. He's going to give you instructions. He's going to give you guidelines. He's going to give you specific instructions. He's going to give you instructions. Prayer time is the time of instructions. But if you got Egypt in you, you're not going to be in the presence of a holy God to t- tell him. No, no. God's going to say, hey, you want financial blessing?" Not only I want you to sow your tithes and offerings, but I want you to give your man of God $500. I'm not doing that. went without. No. Uh-uh. i tell you. No. No. i tell you what. You say I got to give him $500. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to give me three extra jobs. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not giving him no $500. You're going to tell me what to do. This is what Christians do with God. Because when you get in God, God gives you instructions. God will tell you, you need to to, to forgive your spouse. You need to love her. No, I ain't forgiving her for nothing. No. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give me a side chick. Because if she don't act right, I'm going to give me a side chick. Come on now. God will tell you, God will give us instructions to do something in prayer. That's what prayer time is about. We get into prayer so we can get out instructions. And what we need to do. But if you got Egypt in you more than God, I ain't praying because I don't want God. That's why a lot of Christians don't come to prayer me. because they don't want God to tell them what to do. Oh, God. oh man. Y'all see this? And then he says, look, come down, verse 10, come down, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh. I don't want to go to Pharaoh. I just had issues with that negro. He just, I killed one of him. He, he tried to kill me. You want me to go back to Pharaoh? God is going to tell you what to do. He's going to tell you, I want you to go to that nasty relative that mistreats you, and I want you to bless them. God going to tell you what to do. I, I don't want to go to them. That's why we're not in prayer. Because God's going to tell us something. And He's usually going to tell us something about someone, about something that we've been having issues with. So God said, I want you to forgive him. I want you to bless him. Bless him. Hmm. Ah. What? Look at this. He said, Come now, therefore I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses, now look at this, look at at Moses' why. Moses said to God, Who am I? Who who am I to go? You want me? You see, when you make a decision to get in prayer to hear from God, you are qualifying yourself to do what he asks you to do. See, when you make that decision, hey, I'm starting praying, I'm going to get a prayer, you you qualify yourself. Whatever he asks you to do, you're going to do it. So Moses said, look at this, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Look at that. Moses said, who am I? i got to go back to Over to the sixth chapter. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. Look at this. God said, Hey, whatever God asks us to do in prayer, he said, I'll be with you. You ain't, it ain't you doing it. We're going to get through that. It ain't you doing it, Cecil. That's right. When you get in my presence, in prayer, and I tell you something, you just do it, because I'm going to be with you to do it. It ain't you doing it. When we still got Egypt in us, we think that we are doing it. And it's not us doing it, it's God. He says, I will be with thee, and this shall be a token of thee, that I have sent thee, when thou hast brought forth the people, out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. So what I ask you to do and you do it, the end result is going to be for you to have more confidence in me because I was the one who did it. And so that prayer will cause you, when you have answered prayer, it will cause you to serve God even more. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you have unanswered prayer because you got Egypt in you. You're still trying to figure out how to do it the Egyptian way, the American way, instead of God's way. And once we allow God to do it, I'm with you, then at the end result, you'll come back and say, I'm coming back to serve you even more, Lord. Mm-hmm. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and they shall say unto them, Uh, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you. They shall say to me, what is his name? What should I say unto them? God said unto Moses, I am that I am. This Diane gave her testimony tonight. And in her testimony, was, It was God. That's why I am. It was God. What happened? It was God. That's the testimony. It's God. I am that I am. Mm -hmm. I am the many-breasted one. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am the almighty one. Those who believe in me, nothing is impossible because I can handle anything. But you gotta do it my way. Yeah. We can't do it the Egyptian way. So one of the main obstacles why Christians are discouraged when they pray and they get unanswered prayer because they didn't do it God's way. They still had Egypt in them. Yes, Lord, I know you want to bless me and everything. And like I said before, I'll get me that third job, that fourth job, that fifth job. And God said, that's not my way. So when you pray and then you get an unanswered prayer, then that's why they are discouraged, despondent, bitter, delusional, rebellious, because they didn't realize they were doing the Egypt way. That's the of God. Are y'all seeing anything out of this tonight? <laughs> I've never taught on prayer. This is the whole total direction God is taking me on teaching on prayer. I've taught on prayer many times in the past. This is a new revelation that God is showing me. I got to get Egypt out of me when, I, when it comes to prayer. And the reason why a lot of Christians do not want to pray or come to prayer time, they got Egypt in them. They got other things to do instead of, you remember, y'all remember the story, New Testament, Martha and Mary? And Jesus came in their house, Mary was at, at his feet, and Martha, she was what, cumbersome, doing everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and Jesus said, Martha, 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 Martha. <laughs> He said, "Your system." She, Martha, rebuked Jesus to get married to do something. What are you doing going to prayer meeting? You need to get yourself another job. <laughs> wasting your time going there on Wednesday night to pray? You're wasting your time. You that that hour you spend there—that's another job hour you could be working. That's what Martha did. She rebuked Jesus mm-hmm. to get Mary to come in that kitchen and work. And he said, Martha, Martha, ma, Martha, my, Martha, ma. Mary has chosen the need for her. Yeah. But you got Egypt all in you. You got the American ways in you, the American dreams. turn into an American nightmare. Because I don't don't care how much education we get, how much nice paying job we get, nice cars, nice house, they still going to kill you. Now what? You have did it the American way, you have did it the Egyptian way, and they still kill you. God said, you do it my way, which is prayer, I'll be with you. And we know the story of Moses. God was with Moses. From the delivery out of Egypt to the parting of the Red Sea for the fire that separated Pharaoh's army till they go into the promised land. God was with Moses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Any questions, comments, revelations? Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Word is powerful. The Word is powerful. So if there's no questions, comments, revelations, go to the Lord in prayer.